you know, I haven't done a podcast in a while. Now, this afternoon I had intended to do a video once we found out about Zach Cassian's suspension, and I'm even wearing my orange Oilers jersey and Oilers hat and all that stuff, and and then it came out that apparently we may not know the suspension until the weekend, which is odd. I've never understood why the NHL would delay such a thing. They've had the, the phone hearing with them. Does this mean that they talk to them and they'll decide tomorrow, or they've already decided and they'll announce tomorrow? The, the reason for doing a podcast um, is this is the kind of thing that sometimes, if I do a YouTube video on it, um, the, the comments actually may descend into madness, that kind of thing, and this isn't necessarily something I need to do a video on. Uh, <clears throat> so they brought up today on, on Tim and Sid, which has two guest hosts today, and they, they brought up his suspension history. And it's true, and it's it's something with Cassian that, as a Canuck fan, I saw many times. Cassian is a is a good player. He's a good player, and the top six potential was always there. There were times where he was with the Sedins, and it worked really well. And it would be so tantalizing, and then he'd get taken off that line, and fans, myself included, would just be like, why are they pulling him off the Sedin line? Why is he on the third line? Why is he busted down to the fourth line? And... He would have these these runs of games where he looked really, really good. And then there were runs of games where he didn't. And we always kind of looked at it as, at least people I was talking to, we looked at it as, well, if the coaches believed in him a little more and they gave him the ice time, he would reward them. He's a good player. He can play. So by the time he left Vancouver, it had become kind of a toxic situation. And, of course, he went through his own issues with his personal demons that led to him being a Montreal Canadiens property for a couple of months before he's gone to Edmonton, uh, coming out of all that other controversy. Controversies always seem to follow him. So we fast forward a bit. We come up to the, the, the Matthew Kachuk incident a month ago, and everybody jumps on the, hey, it's in the code. It's in the code. What drove me nuts about the code thing at the time was I thought, well, remember the high stick that got him eight games? There wasn't a code in that. And and there are other suspensions he's had for basically losing his temper. He's not he's not the kind of player that he will be out on the ice and he gets mad and then two or three shifts later he does something about it or he's like, all right, I'm going to square up with that guy later. It's very often I'm mad, I've, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this guy, I'm going to hit this guy, I'm going to do something right now. So the kick last night to me kind of looked like that. He was frustrated Chernak was still on him and he wanted him to go away so he kicks him away and maybe in that moment he's not thinking of how dangerous it is to kick somebody with your skate like holy crap it is just I know with our kids when when we take them to play hockey I always explain to them your skate is very sharp it is a weapon be very very careful because they're they're kind of lackadaisical in the way that they they walk around with the skate. like I've almost had a kid step on my foot with their skate more than once at the hockey because again you don't think about it so it's possible that in that moment Zach Cassian rolls over and he's angry and he's not thinking about the fact that there is a steel blade on his foot that could mortally wound somebody in the wrong situation and and people have pointed out, well, if it had ridden up to the guy's neck, yeah, but that's highly unlikely. The other thing that gets me, too, is people going, well, you know, Chernak didn't really react in the moment. Well, of course not. The play's still alive. Um, and and it, it's one of those things, too, where something happens and you're probably thinking to yourself, did that just happen? 
did did that really just happen? Because, and you think about it, and then coming out of it, you think, what the hell was that guy thinking? And and I know, you know, there have been times in my life where I've gone up to somebody after and said, so that thing that happened earlier, I wasn't really, what were you thinking? What, what, was, what was the thought process there? With Cassian, I, I don't think that there is any forethought to it which means you're not going to get him to change. So there's going to be a suspension. It could very well be a long suspension. <clears throat> but if there's anybody who thinks, well, you know, they've got to get, they got to get some sense into him, that's the problem with this whole suspension thing. You're paying... Let's go to the Zidane Chara thing for a minute here and his, his cross-check. Zidane Chara is paid for that physical role with the Bruins, 42 years of age. He knows his role. And he is never like Brendan Gallagher. He and Brendan Gallagher have had a feud going back for years. And that game, they went back and forth at each other a few times. Uh, Gallagher with a hit that Chara thought was a low bridge in that same game. If you can find that footage, it is available online. He hit him low due to the height difference. It's kind of hard not to when you're Brendan Gallagher and you're hitting Chara. So, you know, there, there's, there's that edge that guys play with. Zach Cassian gets an extension last month. He gets an extension because of the player he is. Not just because, oh, he's got the offense running this year, which he does, but because of that physical edge, because he plays that way. Uh, I know a lot of people like to talk about how, oh, you know, these days players are dangerous. We should get enforcers back in the game because enforcers can make sure this isn't in the game. The problem is if you look back far enough in NHL suspensions, a lot of the suspensions back in the 80s were guys who were pretty damn tough. A lot of the guys who were doing the, the stuff that's right on and over the edge, pretty tough players that if you went, all right, you want to drop the gloves, they go, yep, absolutely, I got warmed up by taking the head off your teammate there. Let me just get these gloves off and we can dance. And that's kind of the danger of the idea of, well, we need more um, fighters, because that is a mentality, and not all of them do it. I'm not. I'm not saying like every enforcer has that capability, but there is a physicality there. There is a mentality of I'm going out there, I'm protecting my teammates. That can lead to other guys getting injured. Whatever suspension they give Cassian, I don't expect to hear him apologize. He he certainly didn't apologize that I heard about the Kachuk incident. Uh, he didn't apologize when, was it Gagne that he, that he, he hit for the Oilers there that led to the suspension when he was a Canuck? Um, the way he plays the game, the way he sees it, he doesn't think he needs to apologize for the way he plays it, which I respect that. But it means that no matter how long the suspension is, he's not going to come out of it saying, ah, maybe, maybe they've got a point, maybe I need to change. If he changes his game, he doesn't have a career. Uh, that's, and that's, that's reality. And that's the, the sad part of it too, is that as much as we look at an incident like last night and we say, wow, that's just awful. I look at that. And honestly, my reaction when I saw it was, yeah, that's Zach Cassian. That's, that's the kind of thing that can happen with Cassian's emotional state. He is always right on the edge and, and it's fantastic because that means when he scores a goal, he is, he is very celebratory. He's very out there. He's very outgoing. He's, he's one of the loudest teammates, but when things go wrong or when he's not happy, he is also one of the most temperamental guys on the ice. And, and there are guys in the league that thrive that way. Evander Kane in San Jose, 
he thrives playing with emotion. I think part of the reason why his points totals are down this year in San Jose is because the team's kind of out of it. And I, I think that, that kind of takes him out of the out of the game a little bit. So for for hockey fans who right now are all all enraged about the whole Chara thing and now we're gonna talk about the, the Cassian thing, these are guys paid for the way they play. If Char had got a three-game suspension, there were a lot of people who said that's not enough. Five-game suspension, that's not enough. I saw people saying, oh, Char should be thrown out of the league. Come on. Seriously? No. Uh, as somebody who's watched Char for 10 years, does he play on the edge? Yes. Has he crossed the line at times? Yes. Does he do it all the time? No. Uh, and and there, I don't think we have anybody in the league now that does and I'm including Marshawn in that. I'm including Tom Wilson in that. Wilson's had a very clean year. We haven't heard anything about Wilson so far this year, knock on wood. And I, I really think he's changed his game. Matthew Kachuk. For all the controversy about Kachuk right now, compared to, say, last year or the year before, Kachuk's kept his nose pretty clean. He does tick other teams off. He does tend to get under their skin. But again, that's part of his game. That's part of what he does. So, as a hockey fan, I do appreciate what these players do, what their role is. And I do appreciate that there will always be a need for that kind of a player. But as fans, we need to understand that you're not going to be able to get these incidents out of hockey because those players are there. Those guys with the really hot tempers are there. And especially when they're first coming into the league, you're going to see things happen. And then even with the veterans... Uh, if there's no adjustment to their temperament, if there's no adjustment to their game, that's still that's still a, a danger at any time. And as a general manager, you need to know that. As a coach, you need to know that. As a coach, you need to take the temperature of the game at all times and, and be able to say to a guy like a Cassian, you know what, we're going to keep you on the bench right now because this game's kind of ready to, to, to blow up. And you seem really emotional, so we're just going to give you a few minutes here to cool down. And again... It, it's tricky uh, because it's part of what you're paying them for. This is part of what makes us love these guys. Is that emotional uh, game, that that over the top style, and it it makes it tricky when incidents like this take place. You're you're not going to change behavior. the The other thing too, though, is that it's not like if let's say let's say they give Cassian three games. Let's just say, I'm, I'm, I know they're going to give him more, but let's just say they give Cassian three games. There isn't a player somewhere in the league that's going to go, oh, cool, that means I can start kicking people. There's a very small, small number of hockey players in the NHL who are capable of an act, act like that during a game. Reactive, over-the-top, emotional players who can be your leader, they can be your emotional kick in the pants that you need. You may go out there and start a fight. He might go out there and throw a massive hit. But there's not as many of those players now as there was, say, back in the 80s or the early 90s. It is a breed of player that has changed. That's why, um, as an example from a podcast point of view, that's, that's part of the reason why Spit and Chicklets, Paul Bizanet is so popular. Because the type of player he is and was we don't see very much of anymore. That uniqueness makes him a fascinating personality. You know, you don't see Shane Churla, um, 
and and Basil McRae on the same team anymore. You don't see like that was back when the North Stars with those guys. Yeah, you were a pretty safe team with those two guys on the ice. You could have one or the other, or you know maybe maybe both. And and as a North Stars fan at the time, that could be fun to watch. But even then, you know, could Churla be be dirty? Yes, Basil McRae, absolutely. Uh, there there were times where they could cross the line. And and as far as I can remember, especially Churla. But really, in all honesty, it's it's part of the game. They're physical players. They're emotional players. And I, I don't know that you can fix it. And I, I, I watch, especially on Twitter. Twitter's funny. Because I'll see, like, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? What about this one? Okay. All right. So the suspension crazy internet, uh, I, I'm not sure if they're trying to just get a lot of guys out of the lineups. Because, honestly, you would have a suspension almost every night. Almost every single night in the NHL, you'd have a suspension if you went by fan vote. And it would get ridiculous. Would it clean up the game? No, I don't think it would. Uh, A lot of these are just chance incidents, off the cuff, temperamental, momentary lapses of reason. It's it's not your Bertuzzi-Moore situation. We haven't seen that in ages. Where it's something that builds up, something that's this, this, this big deal that the NHL should see coming, the teams should see coming, and we need to try to try to get out of the game altogether. Normally, it's a temperamental. I'm going to cross check you in the face because you ticked me off, kind of thing. It's and and that I don't know that you can get out of the game, and I don't know that there's any suspension that will make fans happy. Uh, because when I see people saying, "Well, you need to throw somebody out of the game," look, if you want to throw somebody out of the game. Uh, you're, you you have to set the bar incredibly high. Uh, the idea of throwing a guy out of the league is is so it's so extreme. And so when I see something like that, my first reaction is, well, now you've 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 kind of lost your credibility because we're not going to throw guys out of the game for a cross check. We're not going to throw guys out of the game forever for a discretion. We're not going to throw play because that's. The funny part of it, too, is if you want to create a situation where we're going to end up with a no-hit league, where there's just no hitting anymore, that's it. Uh, start throwing guys out of the league. Start levying massive fines and suspensions. And, yeah, you won't see guys hitting. Um, not that long ago, players were complaining that they weren't sure what the, the penalties were when it came to cross-checking, uh, hooking, holding, slashing. And and they were calling slashing in such a, a, a manner that it led to less physicality in the game and players kind of going, well, we don't know what's allowed and what isn't anymore. And the league had to do some clarifications. So if you start, you know, going after every single incident that people want to see suspended online and you start levying these huge suspensions, you're going to change the game. You're going to take some hitting out of the game. And, and you're going to take players who are emotional, players who are physical, players who are reactionary out of the game. Um, it, it is tricky. It is, it is basically the, the idea, similar to like if you're, if you're a, a trainer at the circus, yeah, the Lions will listen to you, every, but every now and then, one might not. And in this case with hockey players, every now and then you're going to have that guy who just doesn't play by the rules and uh, I'm I'm glad I'm not a lion tamer, and that's sometimes how I feel about the NHL and officials, and all of that. So I don't envy their jobs. I hope they get this one right. 
for people wondering what do I think is fair, I think I think eight, ten games. Uh, Ray Ferro said eight or ten games. I think that's fair. Uh, I think it was careless. I think it was stupid. I think it was it was reckless. Uh, they they could make an example out of them, and they did point out the Chris Pronger and Chris Simon incidents, uh, which took place. And I remember the Pronger incident. I remember people thinking that was a little bit, uh, um, how do I say, lenient. Uh, they were very similar incidents. If you've seen them, where both guys stomped on another player. And Simon got the book thrown at him, and Pronger kind of did, but kind of didn't. And there were definitely complaints at the time the NHL was protecting its star player, and it was easy to go after Simon. So I don't know what they do with Cassian. I don't know how how I would look at look at what Cassian did, compare it to what Simon and Pronger did, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the comparison there. And I all the other the other thing that I do wonder is does contrition matter? Does when a guy comes to you and says, "Look, I really screwed up. That was stupid." So if a player comes up and says that, does that lower the suspension, or does the NHL just ignore that? There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff I would love to know in in terms of what goes into what is and isn't suspendable. I would love to sit with George Peros and have a conversation because I, I would I would love to see that side of it and and just. Uh, their mindset, because I know people say, oh, they just spin a wheel. It doesn't matter. They they aren't they aren't pay- they aren't taking it seriously. I don't see it that way, but I think in in some way, I think if there was more transparency into what goes on and what their mindset is and what they think, I think that would be great. So again, if I could talk to George Peros, that would be perfect. But this is not a perfect world, and I don't anticipate uh, him reaching out to talk to me. Uh, I haven't taken any steps to try to talk to him either but i i would that would be an interesting conversation to have would be with somebody from the department of player safety about that and and just maybe to to shed some light because it kind of feels like this um i don't know this 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 thing that we can't really see this this whole um metaphor meta, metaphorical isn't isn't the right word but it, it's this nebulous thing that 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 sort of hangs over hockey and we sort of wonder like well, what are they going to do now and and what are they going to say and and what's going to happen here and and it just it does sometimes feel random so when something's handed down and we might go oh that's three games oh it's a fine well that one's okay oh that's a game and i don't know i don't know and i know there are there are outlines online i know that <laughs> so before Anybody links to descriptions that they've given online, that's, I know that's there, but there are some that are kind of off, kind of confusing to me, and just being able to talk to them about, hey, so are you guys watching all 60 minutes of every game? Does it have to be sent to you guys? What has to happen? And then who makes that call? Is it a democratic thing, or does one person make that call? I'd be really interested to know all that stuff. And uh, I, I don't anticipate that we necessarily will see a day where that happens. But I do love hockey. I do love the National Hockey League. And I, I do hope they get this one right. But don't look for Cassian to change. He won't change his game because he knows that's what got him here. No, not kicking people. That's not what got him here. But that edge, playing with that emotion is what gets him here. And it does mean that you're going to see incidents during games that he's in whether it's every two years, four years, or twice a month. 
it it is going to happen. He's a very emotional player. He's also a very talented player. And uh, I hope the NHL gets this one right. So let me know how many you guys think he's going to get. I know I've posted that on Twitter before. And I know I discussed it in News of the Day. But it is fascinating because this could affect the rest of the Oilers' season, obviously. What they do at the deadline could be uh, impacted as well. If Kyle Clifford hadn't been traded to Toronto, might he be headed to Edmonton today? Because maybe they'd be looking for a physical forward to fill in while Cassian's out, that kind of thing. All right, let me know your thoughts. I guess we'll see tomorrow what that suspension is going to be. Thank you guys so much for all your support. I will talk to you again soon.